Today, I want to invite you to come with me on a journey. I want you to come with me on a walk through scripture to learn more about God. Now, this journey will take a few sessions. The scope, the nature, the attributes, the character of God are so vast. We could spend years on this subject, and we likely will spend all of eternity exploring the wisdom and love and holiness of God. If you spend any time in church, you've heard people talk about God as a trinity, a divine being revealed in three persons while remaining one intelligent, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, and all-present divine being. This refers to God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son. Now, this is a big subject, and we truly could never reach the full depths of the majesty and the mystery of God, but God reveals enough of himself to us in this life to draw us in and to call us, to woo us into a relationship. And it's important to make that distinction. The difference between religion and relationship. Now, many people make the mistake of calling Christianity a religion, and nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus, a God the Son, born of a woman and killed by sinful men, hated organized religion. Jesus was always butting heads with the religious leaders of his day. He was constantly calling them out for the burdensome rules and their laws, and Jesus always pointed out the hypocrisy of those religious leaders. Now, the difference, it may seem subtle at first glance, glance, but the difference is enormous. And here's the difference. Religion is the work of people to try and reach God, to try and please God, to earn the favor of God, to pay for their sins, to escape hell, to reach heaven or nirvana or the state of nothingness. But Jesus came to earth because we, as hard as we try, can never reach those lofty goals. So because we could not build our way up to God, God came down to us, and we call this event Christmas. Joy to the world. The Lord is here. Now, the ancient Jewish prophet Micah, he put it like this in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. He says this, Bethlehem, Ephrata, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from eternity. The Amplified Bible puts it like this, his goings forth, his appearances are from long ago, from ancient days. Now, here we see one of the important aspects of God. God is eternal. Now, this phrase, his origin is from antiquity, from eternity. That tells us that this one born in Bethlehem was not seen for the first time that night in a stable in a little farm town in Israel. Paul, when he was writing to the believers in the book of Colossians in chapter one, he put it like this and starting in verse 15, he says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Let me say that again. Christ is the visible image you can see of the invisible God, God revealed to us. He continues like this. He says, he existed before anything was created. He is supreme over all creation, for through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't, such as thrones or kingdoms and rulers, authorities of the unseen world. These are spiritual domains. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. 
And this is important. Verse 19 of Colossians chapter one, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Now just let that sink in for a second. Everything that is God, completely God, was deposited in and dwelt in Jesus Christ. And it continues like this in verse 20. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth and by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you. who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. And yet now he's reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you have received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And he closes like this. He says, I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Now, when the apostle John recorded his gospel, his record of life with Jesus, he reinforced this idea that Jesus, the son of God, was not just a mortal who became immortal. He was the eternal God who became immortal so that we could become immortal, so that we could live forever with God in paradise. Now, the best friend of Jesus, John the Apostle, introduces his gospel story like this in John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. He says it like this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. And in verse 14, he says this. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only son of the father. Full of grace and truth. Now, there is a connection in this picture of the nation of Israel and us in this verse. Remember Moses. He told Pharaoh, you know, let my people go. And the children of Israel spent 40 years wandering around the desert of disobedience. God came to them and he dwelt among them. God made his dwelling place among them in the center of their camp. God tabernacled with them. In fact, it was a tabernacle of meeting or the tent of meeting. And that's where God dwelt with them in a physical presence. A pillar of fire would descend and appear over that tabernacle And here we see in John's gospel, that word in the original Greek language is the same word we see in the Old Testament. And it says this, that Jesus tabernacled with us. God dwelt with us in flesh. He was among us in flesh. The same way he came down in that old tabernacle, in that Old Testament story, where he's this tent that's made out of the flesh of dolphins and badgers in that desert of disobedience, that temporary temple. But that time, He does not just live with them as a presence. Now he lives among us. He is one of us. God put on a skin suit and lived among us. And that is the gateway of our salvation. The eternal God, maker of all we see, living among us 
as one of us to redeem us. The eternal God came down to live and die among the mortals so that we may live forever immortal with Christ. So let me close with this verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 54. It starts like this. But when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortality shall have put on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And that is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our God made us. Our God sustains us. Our God reveals himself to us. And he literally comes down and lives among us so that we, because of what he has done, can have our sins forgiven. We can have our lives made new. We can live with hope of glory because the eternal God became a mortal man and we can be immortal and live with him forever in paradise through the work of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his soon return. God, the eternal God for us. Amen.